How are we doing today? And we're live with episode 20 of Living the Guide Life. And today we have Lewis Barrett on from Missouri. And he gives a ru- gives us a rundown on how do you know make a better Instagram page, how to really post your media out there to make sure that people see your content, use your content, stuff like that. And you know, really how to get those jobs, how to get media jobs with different outfitters and you know, just he gives us a bunch of stuff to run down on and gives us a little sneak peek on his new creative company that he's going to be coming out with here in the next year. And so I hope you guys can learn a lot from this episode and really put it to use in the field. So good luck. back with living the god life on episode 20 with lewis barrett from southwest missouri and he is a media guru so we're gonna chat some media today and uh get right into it how are we doing today brother good how are you oh just you know living the dream up in minnesota every day yes sir so i do how's uh missouri treating you not too bad, man. Just been sitting at home editing and living that life and trying to hunt when I can. Yeah, fair enough, dude. Fair enough. You've been traveling some. You're saying? Yeah, man. I've been I've been all over this year. I've been to been to Minnesota and then North Dakota, Iowa, Nebraska, Kansas, all the way down to Texas, Oklahoma, and uh, I'll be in Arkansas this weekend. So. Oh, fair enough. It's been wild, man. What do you got ripping down in Arkansas? It's opening day of duck season, so I'm going to go down to a duck club down there and film and take some pictures. Okay, I got you. Yeah, that'll be lit, then. Yeah. Go on some, like, flooded timber or something? I hope, man. I'm trying to get in some of that. I've never done it, so. Yeah. If so, that's going to be legit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's something I've always wanted to do because I... That would be pretty sweet to go chase some ducks in that timber. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, those duck clubs down there just, like, they create so much habitat with that. Oh, it's crazy the amount of, like, it's crazy that, that, like, on this opening weekend, the amount of people that are going to be on public marshes and public uh, um, timber holes and stuff. And then you got these duck clubs that are just, you got a bunch of dudes that are going to go in there and freaking smash them so easily <laughs> oh yeah dude like it takes a lot of work in the off season but yeah man they, they kill them in the season oh yeah like if you think about how much work it takes all the way through summer and stuff like that oh dude it's insane like but yeah i mean they live for that that's what that's what we do it for so oh yeah 100 <laughs> gotta have the payoff oh yeah that's the thing that's rewarding right there. Going in and doing all the work and then shooting ducks off it. Oh, yeah, dude. And they Almost con- better than doing no work. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, dude, those ducks, they just come in and they just get, like, they have nowhere to go once they're in there. So you just light them up. Yep. Like, that'll be that'll be sweet. That'll be cool to go take videos and pictures for. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I'm hoping we do some timber shooting. I'm hoping maybe we do, like, some rice 
rice flats or whatever you i'm not too familiar with rice fields so i don't really know what you hunt those on so yeah yeah i can imagine yeah i'm not super familiar with those but i know they got a lot of them down there go chase yeah. some like specs or something out on them yeah that'd be sick yeah i think specs are open right now there if i'm not mistaken i yeah. don't know i think i'll figure I think that out if specs are open that'd be cool to see some of them too so yeah i want to say that i think they are because the guys over at yeah. Cadillac have been killing them over in uh Yeah. My Arkansas. buddy Zach Redwich, he's another media guy. He's been, he was in Arkansas with On The Deck Outfitters for a while. And they were smashing specs during that early spec season. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be a lot of fun just to go pile up a bunch of specs. Oh, yeah. Like, well, that's the thing. Like, that was the only thing open in Arkansas. So it's like you don't really have to focus on anything but shooting specs yeah and it, and it gets wild yeah oh it's, it's crazy to me how like because i mean just kind of growing up and seeing how the migration works and learning more about waterfowl it's like it's crazy to me that it's like october and they already have like half their specs it's oh yeah their migration hits super early and they get a lot of birds early so yeah that's why they have that early spec season and it's they definitely have lots of success during that season so oh yeah no doubt yeah no it's it is crazy to think about that because like even when i was looking they're like yeah early spec season like i'm like what do you mean they're already down there like yeah what and then you just see them just piling up specs i'm like that's more than a few down there that's that's quite a bit yeah it's pretty crazy i was in north dakota and we were there I think mid-October. Yeah. And we're seeing tons of specks and snows migrating. Tons. And I've never, like, the flyway I live here in southwest Missouri is nothing crazy. Yeah. It's, I mean, we have birds, but you do got to work for them pretty hard. And, like, I have to probably travel 45 to an hour to get into some big wads of birds. Okay. But when I was in North Dakota, it's like a whole new world, man. It's Oh, yeah. There's birds everywhere. And I'd pick up the binoculars and look over one over the horizon, and you'd see, like, 15 groups of snows that, I mean, you'd probably see 250,000 snows over the horizon every time you went. It's like, it really put into perspective for me how many birds there actually are. Oh, it's crazy. Because growing up here, I don't really see it. But when you go places like that, it's like, wow, there really are a lot of birds in the country. Yeah. Yeah, dude. (coughs) With, like, me being so close to North Dakota, I've been going to North Dakota uh, every year for, shit, probably four years now. But, I mean, you go up there every time and it never ceases to amaze you. Yeah. It's it's really amazing. It's It's a beautiful place. And... If someone hasn't hunted there before, then I definitely recommend to try it once in your life. Oh, it really yeah. It's your perspective on waterfowl. I'm sure Canada's the same. Yeah. I've heard that the code is just the United States version of Canada, so. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 100%. But I think I'll be in Canada next year a little bit, so I'm excited for that. Oh, that'll be lit. Yeah. I'm always excited for new experiences like that, so. Yeah. Canada I was actually, this past year, this past April... I literally went and got my passport and all that stuff, and I was ready to go for, um, I was going to go 
up there for two weeks to Saskatchewan yeah. with an outfitter and kind of help guide and do whatever. And, um, of course, the COVID stuff happened and yeah. that didn't happen, but I was going to go to Canada, so I was pretty stoked about that, but I'll, I'll try to get there this next year if this crap's not going on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's kind of a kind of an ordeal that you couldn't go. Yeah. Like, that would suck. COVID, COVID's just a pain in the ass, though, so, like, yeah. such a... Definitely screwed a lot of things up. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah, dude, like, it's terrible. I can't even do anything now. Yeah. Can't cross the border, can't do, like, yeah. But, I just feel bad for people in the States that have very, uh, are very strict about it, because... Where I live, it's not super strict, so we can pretty much do whatever. Really, Missouri is not so, that bad. No, it's not too bad where I live. Like we have very, we have very uh, like conservative um, people in office in yeah. Missouri and stuff. So it's not like we're not going overboard with it. Obviously, we have to take our safety precautions, and yeah. people like we're asked to wear masks and stuff. But it's not like some states are literally just so like brutal about it like it's oh, done yeah. but Dude. like I was someone I saw on someone's snapchat the other day that Ohio was starting to they're making like a curfew or something for this one county in Ohio that uh, this kid on my snapchat lives in yeah and it's from 10 to 5 a.m. I'm like dude every hunter is gonna break that <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah dude like it's I don't know how they expect to keep people in if they did that. I don't know. That's, like, that's just too insane to me. Like, in the time frame of 10 to 5 a.m., you're not going to spread COVID, like, that yeah. much. Like it, any more than any other time. No. And, like, in Minnesota, they get super butthurt about it, too. And, like, are just all about closing everything down because our governor is an idiot. Your and governor like, is so stupid. Oh my god, it's terrible, dude. When I was when I was in Minnesota, all I heard because because honestly, once you get outside Minneapolis and you get into some smaller, more rural towns, everyone's pretty conservative and oh yeah, far right leaning, and it's just insane, like the amount of people that don't like him. But he's your governor because. And like the reason it's a blue state is because Minneapolis. <laughs> yeah. That's the only reason. Everywhere else, like, you would see Trump signs everywhere. And yeah. then there's, like, a few tiny little cities that, like, like Northfield, for example. Northfield's super liberal, but they have, like, two colleges there that are super liberal. So yeah. everyone in there is, like... Yeah. Bot. I mean, I bet... It's probably like Minneapolis, Mankato, maybe Rochester a little yeah. bit. Like, places like that. Yeah, if you looked at like the president election, like voting polls or whatever, like if you zoomed in on Minnesota, it's like Minneapolis, um, Mankato, Rochester, Winona. And then for some reason, like well, obviously Duluth too, and then like for some reason like a bunch of like the northeast part of the state, which I'm like over near um, 
Grand Marais and stuff, which I'm like, who who up there is liberal? Like, I don't. Yeah. I don't understand because it's like. Where do you live at in Minnesota? In Minnesota? I'm down in Mankato, so I go to school Mankato. down in Mankato. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. So that's where I'm at, but like around here, it's not bad. Like if you don't wear a mask somewhere, like no one's gonna say anything. Yeah. Like you go up to like the cities though, and if you're not wearing a mask, like people come at you. And Dude, it's, it's insane. Terrible. I was up there. I was up there for like a week and a half during early goose season, and it's stupid. Okay, so on my way up there, I'm going to I don't even know like Albert something. Albert Lee? Albert, yeah, I was going to there. And I stopped at this gas station. And I was in the bathroom, washing my hands. And this guy is like, where's your mask? And I was like, I'm not wearing one. And he goes, <laughs> oh, well, it's required here. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm not from here. So <laughs> I didn't really know that. I didn't really know that. No, it's not like required back home. So yeah. I was like, okay, well you should wear a mask why don't you wear a mask and I'm like because I don't want to <laughs> that's none of your business <laughs> oh yeah um, dude like I god I went to visit a buddy up in Minneapolis cause he goes to school up there and dude like I walked around the streets without one on like to go to his apartment mm-hmm. and people are like, looking at me weird and I'm like what am I doing wrong and like everyone's just masked up outside like People are running with masks on, like, just, like, regularly wearing a mask outside. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. what? Like, it's just insane to me. It's like, I, I totally understand. Like, if people want to wear one for, like, their self-protection and wear one in stores and whatever, that's fine. And yeah. Like, there's sometimes it's just like, dude, why? This just makes no sense. Yeah. No, like, people just need a get the herd immunity out everyone gets it and then it's over cause like yeah. Mankato a bunch of people had it like end of August I'd say yeah. and then well, that's the thing. most people have already had it like, yeah by this point I'm pretty sure a lot of people have already had it I know I had it back in September at some point yeah so it's not like a big deal or anything but I don't know yeah I don't know I was in a, I was in Minneapolis, over by the Shields. Yeah. On there. Over in Eden Prairie? Yeah, Eden Prairie. Yeah. That's where I was. Yeah. And I went to this firehouse subs, and um, we walked in, and we didn't have a mask on. And he goes, hey, do you guys have masks? And we're like, no. And he's like, okay, I'm going to have to ask you to leave the store. And we were like, oh, well, we don't don't have masks. Can we just leave? And... He goes, no, but you can sit down or you can go outside and order from your phone, come back in, and then get your food. Yeah. What's the, what different – you're not having any different contact if you go outside and order on your phone and still come in and grab your food from them. Yeah. Like, you still have to, you still have to do it all. Like, it's – I don't know. It's just so – It's ridiculous. So it's so, yeah. It's not – I don't – obviously, it's a – real thing but it's so politically made now it's yeah oh there's no question about it but yeah yeah. we can stop talking about covid (laughs) (laughs) yeah so dude yeah i want to go into your uh editing and all that kind of stuff so you do film photos stuff like that yes sir and uh 
So like, what got you into all this kind of stuff? Yeah. Um, so ever since a young age, I used to really be into fishing. Like okay. not a lot of people know that, but I was like super into fishing. Obviously everyone knows who like the Gigan's Quad is and all those guys. Yeah. Anyways, I, uh, I always just kind of wanted to like film like them and just, I just got a GoPro and started fishing and filming it. And that's kind of where it all started. And you can ask all my buddies from like early ages here at home that I went to school with, but I was in like seventh grade making these GoPro fishing videos. And like, dude, I got made fun of so much for it, but I still did it and I loved it. And I just, I thought it was gonna get big or something. So I just kept doing it. That's awesome. And um, they were not good by any means. And I edited them on like the GoPro app, but I freaking loved it and yeah that's all it to me so i went from that gopro and i really i got into hunting with my brother just deer hunting because we hadn't really waterfall hunted yet okay and i took my parents camera out and filmed this deer hunt took some pictures or whatever they didn't shoot any deer at the time but i just took some pictures and i just really i don't know i just i've always been a creative person throughout life and i like i really liked art and stuff but my thing with school and like with art is I don't like, you always have like a rule to follow when you're in art class. You always have to draw this or yeah. make this. You can't just be creative. Like you don't, you don't, your own creative side doesn't come out. That's yeah. what I loved about pictures and film is everything to you. Like your creative side comes out because you could take 10 videographers and put them in the same, the same setting and they're gonna make totally different content. Yeah. Because everyone just has a different creative mind. Some may look similar and some may look just completely different. And a lot of times those completely different ones is what stands out and what makes you a, like a good videographer, photographer, because you just have that, that different eye than everyone else. But, um, yeah, it all kind of just started when I was that young age and picked up the parents camera and went from there then I, I finally bought my own camera and man I've grown really fast honestly I've always been a person to like I can pick things up pretty quick so yeah. I picked it up pretty quick and just when I did it I just did it full force I just went all at it and it paid off because it's it's starting to get pretty pretty good it's looking good for the for that's the awesome features. That's awesome, dude. What kind of camera gear are you ripping? Yeah, I have a Sony a7 II. So a lot of guys are running Sony a7-3s, but I mean, this is the cam the camera I bought after I was using my parents' camera. Yeah. So, but I mean, it works. I've been making the content I need to make with it. I'll probably upgrade bodies, camera bodies this summer, along with everything else because. You know, life gets expensive. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's what I'm ripping right now is the A7 II. And I got a couple different lenses, but... Fair enough. What kind of lenses do you got that you connect with? It? Yeah, I have a Sony 70-200 and then Sony 24-70, to 70, I believe it is. I literally just ordered two new lenses. It's just... See, with, like, lenses... Like the reason a lot of them like have price differences is the f-stop or the yeah. aperture and um, Like the aperture ones I have are the 7200 is a 
F4. Okay. And 2470s, I got 3.5 to 5.6 or something. Yeah. And I am, I just ordered two new lenses that are, it's the Sony 70-200 F2.8, which will allow a lot more light in. Yeah. And it's a G Master lens, so it's going to have um, higher quality glass, I believe, and it'll just allow more light in and I'll just have a better picture. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Those. And then that other lens is a Tamron 20, it's either 24 or 28 to 75. It's a 28 to 75, I believe. Okay. And it's a, it's also an F 2.8. And really where that, where really where that comes into play is like early mornings, low light, um, that 28 to 75, I'll use a lot when we're setting up in the dark and stuff. Yeah. Just because you really, you really pick up that extra light that you need. And it's a crazy difference between 3.5 and 2.8 that I didn't even think would make a difference, but it totally does. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Those, those 2.8s are expensive. Yeah. It gets, it gets crazy, man. It's definitely not a cheap thing to invest in to make money but yeah in the end it pays off but <laughs> oh exactly and so for your other lens what kind of photos do you take of that you're like 70 to 200 uh, my 70 to 200 what I really all I use it for is um, like my a lot of my pictures are on that camera just because I can be farther away taking pictures yep and every almost every shot that you see of birds like decoying and stuff is on the 7200 yeah and you can ask anybody like a 7200 is probably your most diverse lens for like getting shots of birds and stuff I think it was either Cade Tricky or someone from Dive Bomb was talking about it and they're saying that they mainly just use a 7200 just because it's so it's so versatile yeah you get it you get any bigger you're starting to get too zoomed in you start having to back up and whatnot. You yeah. Any small, you start not being able to get as close to those birds. But it seems like that 7200 is just perfect for for bird decoying and stuff. Oh, exactly, dude. I hear you on that. Um. Yeah. What was it? Oh, do you film with that camera and everything? Is that like a mirrorless camera or is it DSLR? Yeah. yeah, it's a mirrorless. I have to do film and I do um all my still pictures with it. So. Okay. What it made you get a mirrorless? Um, man, I just, see, when I got into this, I had a few guys I knew in the industry and stuff that I just, I just talked to. I was like, where, where do I need to go with this? Do I need to get, because there's a lot of guys using the, the Canon DSLRs that are just mainly good for pictures. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not saying they can't take video, but they're made for pictures. Yeah. And then there's the mirrorless and the, it seems like the mirrorless honestly took over the market. Um, when I got into it so I uh, I just talked to a few people and see a lot of people using the mirrorless so I went with the mirrorless just because it's video capability and just it's insane how small they are and how clear of a picture they get and where technology is going because they are the I'm, I'm not ever going to switch from Sony cameras unless only other camera I'll buy is probably a Canon uh, for pictures yeah just because they do have pretty insane colors and all that stuff that's the one thing about Canon that I love is 
Canon colors and Canon glass is amazing. Yeah. And I, um, I definitely will probably buy one of those when I start getting into more like pictures. Yeah. But for video and the whole outdoor industry, I am going to stick with Sony just because it's, it's just too good. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough, dude. Fair enough. So how long have you had that camera now? Going on two years, I think. Okay. And that's been good for you? Oh yeah, it's been good. I definitely recommend if anyone is like, I have a lot of people ask me like, um, what camera should I buy? What lens should I buy? Do you have a good budget camera? Just, I mean, obviously I get a lot of DMs on Instagram, just people asking for tips and stuff. So I, if anyone's listening that wants to know what's the best budget camera or what's the best camera to start on, I'll tell you this right now. What I did is I went out bought a Sony a7 II off eBay it was used and everything worked perfectly fine and nothing's wrong with it I saved a ton of money doing that if you want a good budget camera buy used as long as you um, I mean obviously use good payment systems like I use PayPal just so I don't get screwed over and stuff yeah but uh, as long as you're using good payment systems eBay is pretty trustworthy you can always look at the users reviews and stuff so i'd say if you're looking for a budget camera go on ebay find a find a good seller find some good deals and just buy a used camera because you'll get a lot more bang for your buck if you buy used yeah if if i would have bought new for the price i paid for mine i would only be getting like a sony a6000 and that's not even a full frame mirrorless camera it's just it's a good camera just not just not as good as a I got now so yeah I definitely recommend to everyone go buy a used camera especially Sony's you can get an a7 II or even like an a6500 is pretty good so I know Cole Townsend from uh, old dog he's a, yeah old dog he uh he uses like an a6500 I believe and okay. it worked for him yeah and they they create some pretty good pictures so yeah and so when people are going on ebay and like looking for a used camera and all that kind of stuff um what is some stuff they should like pay attention to when they're looking for like a used camera so they know it's not like broke that's a great question great question glad you asked that so when you are looking at cameras looking at used cameras what you're going to look for is shutter count that's important shutter count is how many times that shutter has been like clicked so how many pictures i guess you've taken yeah so i mean a shutter wears out after a while you can put a lot of shutter. you can there's a camera can have a lot of shutter count on it and still be functional and still work just fine so i would just look up um what like a good shutter count is for a used camera for what camera you're looking for because obviously every camera is going to have different specs and different um, different areas where that shutter is going to wear out. But uh, yeah, definitely look at the shutter count. Um, other than that, it's just like make sure you ask for pictures if they are if they already haven't posted pictures. That's one thing I look out for is make sure the seller has a good amount of pictures if it's a used camera because if it's a used camera they could be hiding something or whatever yeah so i would make sure they have pictures of like the sensor 
make sure it's not scratched up or something. Um, make sure there's not a ton of like junk in there because that could that could have uh, been signs of like wear and tear. Make, I mean, to me, like it didn't really matter if the outside was a little scratched up. Like mine has a few like um, like wear spots on the edges where it might have like a cage on it or something. Yeah. Or it might have just been scratched up against something, which has no effect on the camera, so I don't care. Yeah. And that's another thing I'm saying. Like when you're going to buy a used camera, it does not matter if your camera looks pretty. It does not matter if your camera has a few scratches or whatever. If you're trying to get into the industry and you want to do it for a budget, you don't have to have the prettiest gear and all that stuff and all the all the fancy stuff dude just get a camera in your hands and take a bunch of pictures and get used to it and i promise you'll go farther than um than without so yeah yeah fair enough um because yeah like when you're ripping a camera out in the field it's not like it's gonna stay clean i mean i Oh no, man. Right. That's the thing. It's like I might not even sell this body just because, like, what I put it through. I might just keep it for a backup. Yeah. Because I don't even know if I'm gonna sell it. <laughs> but I mean, it's still in good condition. It's just like I've put it through. I've put it through hell. Like, yeah. I've opted. I've done all sorts of things, man. And I'll probably just keep it as a backup. But I, uh, yeah that's the thing with ebay is like you obviously don't know what they did yeah um with the camera but that's kind of what you can tell like if you just just take a look at all the pictures and make sure it's like looks clean and stuff but one thing is like if someone doesn't care enough to take the camera and clean it before they post it on ebay they probably weren't too careful with their camera <laughs> and if someone took care of it and cleaned it really well before they posted it on ebay they probably took care of their camera yeah so that's kind of i mean same thing with vehicles too like if you look at a vehicle if someone left it trashy while they're selling it that's not probably they probably didn't take great care of it yeah. so no not at all I so, on that. that's what I recommend for buying cameras obviously if you have the money you can go buy new or you can go buy new but that ain't me man I yeah. like to save money if I can oh 100% like if you're just getting into it too like and you just go drop a ton of money on a camera and then yeah well that's the thing like when I first got into it I didn't know if I was going to be able to make it full time like I, I wanted to and that was my goals and my aspirations but I mean, you still have to be careful. I've always heard, um, like, don't have a backup plan because if you have a backup plan, then you, uh, you're already accepting failure. So yeah. I, I never did that. I never had a backup plan and whatnot, but I still was careful. Always be careful. I obviously didn't just go in and buy a $3,000 camera and all this expensive stuff because you don't need to. Yeah. I'm still my rig right now is still probably sitting at just like two thousand dollars well i guess after i bought this new lens it's definitely more than that yeah all this new stuff. But <laughs> what i'm saying is when i first got into it my rig was all sitting at like two thousand dollars for yeah. two lenses a body and uh, all the other stuff but that's the thing just be careful with your money and i mean that goes throughout whole all life but be careful with your money and just be smart with your purchases and you can make a buck go a lot farther oh yeah and I feel like um, 
you were talking about you're putting your camera through hell. I feel like people feel like they can't bring it out in enough spots because it's like cold or snowy. Like, is that true when you're taking camera like photos? Like, are you bringing in it through like snowstorms and stuff like that, and it's fine? Or oh, oh yeah, dude. Like cameras are built like pretty durable. Like they know they build the cameras for a variety of situations and the cold is one of them the snow is one of them like all of the like where your, your lens locks into the body like all that's sealed pretty well yeah um all your lenses should be pretty water resistant like obviously if you chunk it underwater it's not gonna stay dry inside but like getting rained on a lens should not have water on the inside because yeah. they do have they do have seals and stuff but uh yeah, I mean they're built to be rugged, but not too rugged. So I yeah. would be careful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just feel like I was, in, uh, I was in Minnesota with my buddy Andrew, and he or I dropped my Sony with my bigger lens on it on the tile floor in the lobby, and I screwed up my aperture, like something inside of it. Now the aperture kind of messes up, so that's why I bought a new one. Yeah, fair enough. But, uh, I mean, it still works and everything, and I'll probably use it on this next trip, but you just got to kind of fiddle with it, and it works. But That's oh. another thing. If anyone's listening and you're trying to, like, be a camera guy and you're trying to do this stuff, like, you just got to, like, know how to, like, get past some, some obstacles because, like, this lens has been the biggest pain in my butt after I've dropped it because how the aperture does that but you just kind of gotta get past obstacles like that and if you can do that and get past obstacles and figure things out then you'll go far because that's crucial when you're on the road and like i can't just order a new lens when i'm in the middle of north dakota you know yeah being able to just like have like common sense and just really know how to how to make the best of a situation is pretty crucial because sometimes that's what you got to do yeah oh i hear you on that yeah and like i want to dig into um a little bit of like how you edit photos and stuff like that and film what uh what products do you use for that yeah i use i have a macbook pro that's another thing for my macbook pro i bought it used and i got a really good deal on it and I'm producing good content and everything off a used MacBook Pro. So they're good at the show. You don't need an expensive $3,000 MacBook Pro like all the professionals have. Um, But anyways, (laughs) sidetrack. Yeah, I edit off a MacBook Pro, Final Cut Pro, and that's what me and all my home buddies use, Final Cut. Okay. There's a lot of guys use Premiere Pro too, and both are good. So... It's just kind of which you want to which which route you want to go. I chose Final Cut because, in my opinion, Final Cut is a little more simple and user friendly, especially if you're starting off. And you can pretty much do all the same things. And then, um, also, Final Cut is a one-time $300 charge when um, Adobe is like. Twenty some dollars a month, I think. So over time, it gets super expensive. Yeah. Which, um, like I 
said, I'll save whatever I can. So I went with Final Cut, and that's what all my buddies use. So we like it, and that's probably what I'll stick with for a long time. Yeah, fair enough. So it's just like, because, um, yeah, I've used Lightroom and stuff like that. Um, and so it's basically just like that. Well, Final Cut is all video editing, and then oh, okay. like video for, editing. Okay. Yeah. 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 For, for photos. Um, yeah, a lot of guys use Lightroom, and on their computers and stuff. I actually, um, like, I have stuff on my computer I can edit pictures with, obviously. But honestly, I find myself just there's a app called uh, Photoshop Express on your phone. It's like five bucks a month or something. Okay. And that's what I use. I have all my presets in there. So all my pictures that you see on my Instagram or whatever, I have a preset that I can, like, it's kind of like my theme. So if you've ever seen my Instagram, it's like an, it's got, like, some orange tones to it and more, like, moody-type tones. Yeah. And that's kind of how I edit all my pictures. I have a preset that I, that I made, and... I just kind of went with it one day, and that's kind of where all my pictures went, so. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I feel that. I, uh, you notice that with each photographer, everyone has, like, their own kind of preset. Yeah. Like, everyone has their own. Another thing I I wanted to talk about on this show is, if you're, like, an up-and-coming photographer, you're wanting to get into it, a lot of guys I tell, or I talk to, I tell them, you have to have, and this was someone told me this too when I was getting into it. You have to have a theme, like you have to make your Instagram have a theme, like a certain color tone, something like that. So then everything looks super organized and conform when you look at it. Yeah. Because it's all, I mean, you have all one kind of, not all one color, obviously, but all one shade. I would say, almost all one preset pretty much yeah so you go and look at a lot of people's instagram that are really big in the industry you'll see that their instagram looks very aesthetically pleasing and we do that for a reason because the more aesthetically pleasing your page looks to a person's eye the more intrigued they're going to be with it so even if your picture is super high quality but you edit every picture differently and every picture is like a different like shade or color tone then your instagram's still gonna look not conformed and not organized yeah even if you have great pictures just because it's your you didn't really stick with a theme so like if you look at andrew clatt he's a big guy in the industry he has a certain a certain look to all of his pictures and i really like his stuff um aaron davis he has a he has a theme what I've noticed with Aaron is like his theme is almost just like super realistic colors, super natural colors. Yeah. And that's a theme. Like, it doesn't really matter what the theme is. Just stick with the theme and go with it. Yeah. Andrew Klatt's got like a lot of like um, texture in his photos. Yeah. He's that's got a lot of I've texture. A lot of, a lot of like I'd almost say like deep, rich color. Yeah. And like his pictures almost like connect with you you know what i'm saying yeah that's why that's why pictures that's why like people like pictures that's why people will engage with a picture is because it has like a certain connection like it really deep down touches their emotions and that's as weird as it sounds that's why 
people's brains interact with photos and videos the way they do it's just pure emotion yeah so if you post a picture and it literally has no meaning and no emotion then that's not gonna it's not gonna go viral it's not gonna and you're not gonna reach people because that has no meaning to people yeah but if you post something that really does like show an emotional connection something they can relate to something they feel then it it automatically makes them want to you know react with that picture just because how it made them feel yeah oh I and that's why I think, that's why i think andrew and all those guys are are the as big as they are is because they they have emotion and they have like a lot of just deep meaning behind the picture even if it's a picture of something that like maybe didn't have a ton of deep meaning you can edit the picture you can take the picture in a creative way to that it has a meaning yeah and that's what's important about being a and having a, like a good creative side to you it's yeah. just being able to hone that skill oh yeah dude yeah cause I mean I'm looking at like Aaron's right now and it's um yeah it's just like a lot of realistic colors kind of it like yeah. pops out quite a bit mm-hmm. which is pretty sweet some of the stuff he's taken yeah like there's some rowdy photos it's really just it's really art like that's what pictures are it's art and you yeah. just have to every artist paints differently every artist has their skills and different things so that's what it all comes down to that's why you see every not every photographer is the same yeah yeah have you ever tried to um i'm looking at one of aaron's photos right now and it was like them driving the boat but the boat's all in like a still image and then like the grass and stuff's like moving but like blurry i think i know exactly what you're talking about here let me get this instagram real quick yeah like have you ever tried to take something like that I think I know what you're talking about, like with like the motion blur in the background. Like, yeah. Um, not on the subject. Yeah. Yeah, I know. You're talking about. So, I'm not gonna talk say how Andrew did it, cause I or how Aaron did it, cause I don't know how he did it. But me and Andrew, we took a picture like that when we were in Minnesota. And basically, what you do is just take a normal picture, and in After Effects or in when you're editing, you, um, you just there's like a motion blur uh, effect, and you just put motion blur on everything but the subject that you want to blur okay and it does that so i don't know how he did it that might not be the case he might have literally just took that picture i have no clue yeah i would say i would say so that's how he did it though because that i mean that's the only way i know to get pictures like that so yeah but that's pretty cool to be able to do that like there's a lot of cool photos and like i was looking at um uh, let me see I was looking at some of your photos too and like um what was I gonna say um like the light that like moves at night have you taken some of those photos yeah I have I haven't taken a ton of great ones just because I feel like they're tough to do they are tough to do and the thing is what I'm I mostly do video yeah. And when you're videoing, you obviously can't take pictures at the same time. Yeah. So a lot of times I'm videoing like the setup or whatever. So, but yeah, when I get the chance, I'm definitely going to try to take more of those. And that's when your uh, your lower aperture lens comes in. Just having better quality glass helps get better pictures like that. Yeah. Well, I can imagine. 
Yeah, so what are you looking for when you uh, film? Like when you're filming these little short films and stuff like that, um, what do you kind of look for? Well, I'm looking for a good storyline. I always try to find something that I can make a storyline to because that's that's just your video. That's your whole video right there. Yeah. And then I'm looking for good lighting. That's another like huge thing is your lighting because, I mean, you ideally you don't want to have harsh lighting. You want to have like a, some nice soft tones. And... Uh, other than that, kind of just it's all just like off the top of my head, creative stuff. Yeah. Try to find a storyline and uh, lighting. Run with it. Audio audio is huge. A lot of people don't think about that, but the reason a lot of films are good is audio. Yeah. Go look at the audio. Go look at the audio on a really good film, and you're not going to hear a ton of music. That's what my biggest like pet peeve about films is. Like people that do it is they just put a ton of music behind it, and that's not really like. That's not really what films are made to be. You're supposed to hear all the audio of what's going on. And that's another thing that, like, touches your emotions is, your like, what you're hearing. So, like, when you're listening to a film, it's a hunting film, you need to hear every single thing that happens just like you were hunting. So you need to hear your guns being loaded, decoys clashing together. You need to hear um, the shotguns shooting. You need to hear... Um, like the click of your safety, stuff like that. Like just a bunch of little things like that. Um, the whistling of the wings of a duck. Like everyone knows that sound, right? Yeah. When a duck flies over, you know that sound. Oh. Um, that's just another sound that really brings your film to life. And there's a ton of sounds like that that just. Um, I mean, I can name more. Some like a wind. Like you could have like a cold wind sound when it's cold and you're hunting you know that sound of a wind ripping in the background like you hear it yeah and um trees waving in the wind just there's just a ton of different sounds like grass like uh like sweeping together and stuff just just different stuff, stuff like, like that. that yeah stuff like that is just really what makes a film come to life so that's one thing i was i've been keying in on this film I'm making right now is it was so windy a lot of our audio got like um like it was wasn't very good yeah so kind of what I'm having to do is and this is another thing is just you gotta do things on the fly like this and just be creative and figure figure some problems out but what I'm having to do is I'm taking like old timey inspirational like speeches like just little different parts of it that kind of like makes sense for the for the video yeah and putting it in here and i mean it kind of makes no sense right now but once you see it you'll be like dude that's really cool that's badass yeah so yeah just kind of like little things like that just being creative with things is goes a long way yeah yeah dude i couldn't agree more like and for the photos and film and stuff like that that you take right now, are they for, like, all guides and stuff, or do you do some brand stuff that uh, you've done for some companies? Mostly what I'm doing right now is outfitter work. Um, brands are starting to reach more out, and we're starting to get some more brands together. Yeah. That are, like, wanting to get some stuff done. But 
mostly outfitted right now. Big Al's Decoys is the only company that I um, actually take pictures for. Like, I legit work with. But. Okay. Okay, I well, got you. I Big Al's Decoys and Butt Gardner Calls are the two companies that I'm legit, like, working with right now. Yeah. And, but yeah, I've been with Big Al's Decoys for a few years, and she's really believed in me, and I really support that company. And, um... Butt Gardner College just reached out this year. They want some media done, so. Oh, nice. They're taking some pictures for them, so if you see pictures on Butt Gardner's page, a lot of them are mine. That'll be awesome, dude. Yeah. That'll be so, awesome. And so. keep growing, and there's a lot of stuff to happen in the future that I'm excited for. Yeah. So for new guys that are getting into it and, like, trying to make something of it, how did you be able to get, like, those jobs at outfitters and stuff like that do they reach out to you or do you reach out to them that's a good question and i'm glad you asked that because that's really going to help someone that was my like one of my struggles when i first started is um like finding jobs so when you're finding jobs what you have to do is if you're not already established and you're not big already like when i first started this year or when i first like like i started full-time this year yeah what I had to do was reach out to other people. Some people knew who I was, but I had to reach out to people. And that's okay. A lot of people would be like, just yeah. wait for them to contact you. Nah, dude. Chase. If you want something, chase it, man. You can't just wait for every, you can't wait for every opportunity to come to you. Yeah. So that's what I did. I chased the opportunities and talked to a bunch of different outfitters and even if they say no, if they see your name in front of their in front of their eyes on their screen that name will stick with them especially if you can keep creating good content and they'll see it so um, I mean I can't think of an outfitter that hasn't I mean a good sized outfitter that hasn't seen my name in front of their screen before just because I've either messaged them I've liked their pictures I've commented on their pictures yeah you really just have to engage with outfitters just get your name in front of them so they can see it yeah and basically what I did is just DM'd a bunch of outfitters and was like, hey, this is my first season. I offered them really good rates, like very cheap rates, just so I could get some some experience under my belt. Yeah. And that's what I did. And it worked out. I got in touch with a few. And, I mean, I'm going to be busy all this season. Like, this is my first season doing this full time, and I'm, I don't really have too many breaks, to be honest. That's awesome. Yeah, I'd say just DM outfitters. Um, even get in your notes. Just make a list of outfitters so you can always go to those notes and be like, okay, I've talked to this guy. I've talked to this guy. Um, and if you can, might seem a little stalkerish. promise it's not. Just a respectful, <laughs> respectful way to go about it. If you see an outfitter page and you look on their outfitter page and you kind of can tell who the owner is, and yeah. you can see the owner in some of the pictures. Message the owner separately. That's one thing I've always, um, it's always kind of helped me is get to know the actual person behind the page because there's no like personal connection when you're just talking to a, like an outfitter page. Yeah. But when you actually talk to that owner, you start to like make a connection. You have a name to put behind their outfitter name. So that's so another thing I recommend that really helps. Yeah. Yeah, just make your Instagram look really professional before you start, you know, messaging people. That's one thing. Don't go message people if you're if you're 
like just messaging them off your personal Instagram that has pictures of you and your family and your girlfriend and your your boys drinking beer like yeah. don't do that <laughs> but it's okay to have that page but don't do it for your media page because you have to keep a professional reputation yeah so yeah that's, that's the way I'd, I'd go about it Fair enough, and you'd, yeah, because I noticed you do have uh, your own separate media page and stuff like that where you post all your media on. Yeah, and, um, so my media page is Luis Barrett underscore media, and that's what I use for all my media, and that's where I keep everything very professional and whatnot. I honestly don't even use my other Instagram because I'm too busy for that. It's just I don't see the need for a personal Instagram, to be honest. Yeah. My life's not that interesting outside of hunting because that's basically all I do. But the other one's just the Louis Barrett, and that's I was I was gonna use that one as my uh, professional one, but I kind of just slacked off with it and just used this one that I have. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. But yeah, I've been growing like social media pages since I was younger, so I already kind of had this page. It was my page, and I just branded it as myself again. Yeah. And. I already had a lot, some, a lot of my content on it, so just rebranded it as myself, went with it. Yeah. And yeah, when you're trying to grow a media page, what do you kind of look for to help you grow? Yeah, so um, I had a kid kind of from my hometown asking that question yesterday, so I'm very refreshed on the subject. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, what I do or what I did, I, I worked with a... Um, a media agency like a social media agency here okay. in my town and he we kind of have similar stories he um he was in high school and he just didn't like like the whole high school thing so he he pursued his business full time and it was uh social media and marketing and i worked with him a little bit and started to learn how to grow instagram pages and stuff and um you kind of got like these main topics so it's like hashtags hashtags are super important go find hashtags you can look at a lot of different posts on in the hunting industry just look at their hashtags and see what hashtags they're using they're probably good hashtags because it's probably why they're big as they are yeah it's because they, they honed that skill and they use those hashtags that are important and then um next thing would be this is a route that like not many people are going to say on uh, like on film or on a podcast but I'm going to talk about it because I know a ton of people have done it so following and unfollowing people is another way to get followers yeah um, like I said like not many people are going to say that on a podcast but I'll, I'll, be, honest, I'll be honest about it so that's, I love that's it. a way that I, that's a way that I know a ton of people have gained followers and it's I don't see anything wrong with it like it's just another way to gain followers and um, get your name out there. Yeah. Because when you when you follow someone, um, your name will pop up on their like on the notifications, and then hopefully they click follow back. Yeah. But when you unfollow them, it doesn't notify them. So yeah, it's it's just a way to get your name in front of them. Um, if your name if you can't get your name in front of them naturally, that's just a way to do it. Yeah. Um, Instagram has a lot of ways they try to hinder that just because. That's how, if you look at a lot of pages that are huge, that's how a lot of them got huge, is because there's apps that like help you do that. Yeah. I mean, that's been, that's kind of been put to an end, but I'd say you can do that on a small scale. I wouldn't say mass follow and unfollow people because 
don't know. Instagram will catch on, and that's just not smart in this day and age. But um, yeah, that's one way. Um, another yeah. way is just post good content. Like I think a lot of people skip that part. Like <laughs> you need good content for people to want to follow you. So no one's gonna want to follow you if um like like I was going back to earlier like make a professional page make yourself look look good um even if you're not super confident in yourself yet in the media side of things you have to be confident you have to walk around and be like okay I'm I'm gonna be good at this I got this and if you don't you're kind of not gonna have the what it takes to do it because you gotta just be confident from the beginning in what you're doing and that goes along with everything in life. Just be confident with what you're doing and who you are. So, um, like, make your page professional. If that's the page you're using for media, keep it professional. Don't do anything else on it. And put out good content. A lot of people say um, quantity over quality. I do not say that. I say quality over quantity all day. If you can only post one good picture a week, post one good picture a week. And yeah. that picture will go much farther than posting a bunch of just shitty photos. Mediocre, yeah, mediocre photos. Yeah, yeah. So that's the thing. I will never post a picture on my Instagram if it's not just completely the best. Like, if it's not my best work. That's why, like, right now, I haven't been posting kind of like... I've been posting, like, every other day, every two days. Yeah. Because I just... For one, I'm, like, super busy editing. For two... I'm just not going to post pictures that I'm not like super proud of. So yeah, once I get the time to edit some pictures that I'm really proud of, then I'll, I'll post them up, but don't be in a hurry with your like page. Like um, my followers are still growing right now because, um, another thing I'm going to talk on real quick is Instagram reels. Have you seen these things? Yeah. Yeah. It's like the TikTok of Instagram. Yeah. Get on Instagram reels. Like, Put some stuff on there. I, I'm looking at it right now. I have 8,000 followers, 8,102 followers on my Instagram. My first reel got 11.9k views. My second one got 10.6k views. Third one got 15.1k views. And then like the my last one has 8,500 views. But that's a that's a great way because as you can tell, with that many views. Those are all my followers. You're getting a lot of people off the explore page. Yeah. And that's another way to grow super naturally. So um, take like funny videos of hunting. Take basically anything you post on TikTok. Just post it in your Instagram reels. And it's another way for people to find who you are. So I actually just got recommended to do reels recently. And I just started doing it because it's helped me grow a ton. Yeah. I've got 100 followers in the past like two days, I think. Oh wow! Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. so it's a great way. To, it's a great way to grow. Yeah. Oh, I, I can. I just hit eight thousand followers like three days ago. I think. Really? Yeah. Wow. Fair enough. Yeah, dude. I want to go back to that uh, unfollow follow because I like. I've seen people that have done that. Like, to my account, they'll go follow it and then like, and I can see they keep following people. Mm-hmm. And like. I like every time I'll go look at their profile and sometimes I'm like I don't even care like they post some sweet stuff like I'm gonna follow it yeah like even exactly. if I know they're gonna unfollow me like I'm like 
it's still like sick content and i kind of want to check it out so exactly i mean that's the thing that's why it works is because as long see if they did that to you if they followed you and unfollowed you but then their content was just straight booty cheeks are you gonna follow them back no no. like that's the thing as as long as your page is very high quality very professional you can get away with that because people are still gonna want to follow you even if you don't follow them yeah. So, yeah. Like, I know they're going to unfollow me, but I'm like, I really don't care. Like, they post some sweet ass pics. Yeah. So, like, I'm going to follow them anyway. Like, not a big deal. Yep. That's why it works. Yeah. Um, I want to go, I want to talk about um, kind of like my backstory of how I how I started doing this full time because that's another big thing in my life that a lot yeah. of people have asked. So, um, Kind of where this all started is I last year well I've always I've always been a person that like I want to like be an entrepreneur I've, I wanted to do my thing yeah I've, I've tried a bunch of different alleyways for that and I think I, like I finally found my niche I've tried like the whole I tried stock market I've tried to do like drop shipping I've tried to do tons of different things so I could be an entrepreneur and own my own business and they just never worked because I never had the drive to do them but I finally found this and it's 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 working so yeah um basically where I started was last year I was still in high school and I I just I've never been a school person like I I I can't do school I hate school and more power to people that can but this just was not me so I it was November I just went out and duck hunted my parents let me go duck hunt one morning and skip school and I went and smashed some mallards out of the dry field and I did all the scouting I ran this whole hunt took took some dudes out there we shot our limit in like 30 minutes tornadoes of mallards and pintails all over us that's awesome it was insane it was insane um you can probably find some pictures on my on my Facebook or my Instagram somewhere if you really wanted to. But yeah. <clears throat> anyways, it was that moment where I took my pintail, my mallard limit back to my high school in my F one fifty, and I parked and took all my sick gear off, and I took a picture right in front of my high school with a handful of ducks in my hand, and I was like, dude, if from that moment I realized I was like there's nothing else I want to do in life like this is what I'm supposed to do yeah and this is like my calling in life so from that moment on I I just I just kind of started thinking and making the decision like dude if I'm going to do this I need to go for it like um starting at 17 years old there's not much well I guess I started at 16 starting at 16 years old um you have a huge advantage over everyone else because you you are four years ahead of about everyone else that's that chose to go to college or that is like 20 some years old um trying to do it full time yeah because you just have an advantage like you're just young you don't have a ton to pay for and that's what i did i just took advantage of that fact and i went for it so in january i dropped out of high school and i started working on my um, my high set or my GED. I don't know if they have high sets in other states, but um, I did that and I worked at the same time so I could save up money. Yeah. And I finally finished it in August because COVID kind of put me back. And yeah, in August I finished it. 
and I have the same, um, I mean, to legally, I have the same, um, like, not degree, but I have the same, what am I trying to say? Like diploma? Yeah, like the piece of paper is yeah, not yeah, any yeah. different. Like, I can get any job that anyone else can, so. Yeah. That's like, I got crapped on, like, my whole, the whole time I was um, dropping out because people were like, oh, you're never going to be able to get a job, you're never going to be able to do this. It's like, well, for one, legally, that's not even legal. A, a business can't do that. Yeah. It's recognized as the same exact thing now. And for two, what do I need a regular job for if, like, I'm doing this full time? Yeah. Like, that was my mindset the whole time. It was like, I'm going to make it. I'm not failing. Like, everyone was like, oh, what if you what if you can't do it full time? What if, what if, uh, you know, just a bunch of what ifs. What if you can't do it? What if, what if you don't have the money to do it? What if, you know all the questions people ask you all the doubts that people have it's just like i don't i don't care like i'm gonna do it failure is not an option i don't have anything else i want to do in life so it's like when failure is not an option you tend to strive to be successful a lot more because i mean i I could not honestly tell you something if this failed what i could do because i don't know what i could do because yeah this is all i know man so I love it's either it. be a hunting guide. It's either be a hunting guide or it's um, shoot film and photos for the yeah. rest of my life. So, and I'll probably do a little bit of both throughout my life, just because I love shooting birds just as much as I do <laughs> um, taking pictures and videos. Yeah, and I love like I just love everything about waterfowl hunting. So, oh, made exactly. up with it. <laughs> it's an addiction, dude. I live, I live and breathe it. Yeah, like once you start, you just can't stop. Nope. I literally took one of I literally took one of my buddies hunting um, on a public marsh the other day. We shot like four mallards. Like yeah. it was four of us. We shot four mallards. So it was not a great hunt, by the way. It was very hectic <laughs> and annoying. But um, it happened. Literally that time, those four mallards hooked my buddy. Like he went out and bought a duck call. Like all he talks about to me is <laughs> greenheads, dude. Like he just wants to shoot more greenheads. And I'm like, dude, you are. I can already see this addiction coming, man. Yeah. I screwed, I screwed you up. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a lot of money spent. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you just made a very, very expensive choice, Kate. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. my. Uh, so one of the kids I met um, this year that he started, uh, his like buddy came from California and his buddy's like a super big hunter. He's like, yeah, like since it's duck opener like this weekend we should go out da, 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 in Minnesota when I come he's like yeah for sure like I'll try it so he gets his hunter safety and stuff and they go on a public like lake or whatever and I think they shot like six or something and now the kid is just addicted like yeah. he just he can't stop and then mm-hmm. we, we took him out uh, like a couple weeks ago went and shot uh, our four man like super quick and he's like dude that was like nothing else like oh my god like what like how like how and he just loves it and i mean went and bought like all this camo decoys calls like kids just spending money on honey i'm like you love to see it yeah i do like it really it really makes you proud for the sport because like seeing what we love like growing and even though like it kind of is like oh dude the more hunters the more like pressure the more there's going to be on public land and stuff i don't care like yeah. it's still i still love to see it and um 
it's awesome. I mean, I can think every one of my buddies that I hung with really, I I kind of introduced them to it. Yeah. Because my brother started it, and they kind of all just picked it up, and all of them love it now. So. Yeah, dude. Like all the people that I've taken hunting, and now they're like, "Yeah, when are we gonna go out next? Like, when can I get out again? Like." and they just yeah. can't stop and it's so much fun to see like i took this kid out shot his first like deer goose and turkey this year and he's like never hunted before and he's yeah. just like dude i can't stop like it's insane like this is so much fun yeah and that's all i was like yeah dude like especially when you have those big wads of geese or ducks or whatever it is like coming over you and they when all they do is hunt public land and like only shoot a few and then you take them out and you just go smash them up they just like yeah the smile on their faces is unbelievable yeah it's fun like getting to teach them like all the stuff behind it too like yeah yeah you can get some ducks on public land but like dude learn how to scout like yeah it's fun teaching them how to scout teach them how to use on x all this stuff and yeah the right things to say and the right way to talk to landowners to have good success and yeah it's good just being able to kind of grow your team oh from, exactly from uh, your own success that you've found and being able to give it to others yeah cause I mean like if you're just out scouting by yourself like yeah you're gonna be able to find stuff but then when you have like a whole group of guys that's all scouting all at the same time in like all different areas you're gonna you're gonna find bigger feeds and better feeds every day like and you're gonna have more spots that you can go hunt instead of just like one guy only having one feed or two feeds or whatever it is for the weekend when you yeah. can like have choices you're like oh well this cornfield the hide's not the best like let's go hide let's go hunt this different field because it's better hide there's gonna be yeah. the same amount of birds and then we'll go shoot it up yeah which is super fun like, yeah. What do you like? What do you like hunting mostly? Do you like hunting geese more or ducks? See, like, I love, I love shooting like dry field mallards. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that more than anything. Yeah. But like, don't get me wrong. I'm gonna shoot geese every time I get, like, every chance yeah. I get. But like, water hunting and stuff like that, I don't do that very often. Like, I do, but I don't. Like, if I can find like some nice sheet water and go shoot ducks mm. over where I can like drive my truck right up to it like yeah that's the best like I have some ponds where I can literally there's a road right to our blinds and then you just throw the decoys out quick and call it good yeah. but like I'd that's wave like, me, like my favorite thing is dry field hunting yeah for, for one because like having a camera and a dry field is so much <laughs> like it's so much com- more calming to you than having a expensive camera over a marsh or yeah sitting in timber or something like but uh yeah I love shooting dry field mallards dry field geese like that's that's my bread and butter oh yeah like we don't have a ton of snows here so like if I could shoot one thing it'd be snows I love chasing snows mm-hmm. like I love like in the fall in North Dakota like you can't beat it Cause they're just so dumb and they come in such big wads and yeah. like it just gets crazy but yep. if you, definitely if you have a snow spread and you can find find some good some good areas in north dakota you can just absolutely rake on them oh my god yeah like i missed my buddy's trip um like 
this year they went out for like a couple of days and I like couldn't go for some reason and uh, they went and shot like over a hundred each four days yeah like it's unbelievable like what you can do up there if you're like know how to scout and stuff like that mm-hmm. like they said there was like some decent pressure when they went but they still like there's so many snows that like there's so many different feeds it doesn't really even matter yeah have you ever been crane hunting so this year was my first time shooting a crane up in Bemidji which is like mm-hmm. you can only hunt them in the northern part of Minnesota yeah isn't it like the northwest like corner or something yeah yeah so like those buddies that I was just telling you about they uh, go to school up in Bemidji They're like yeah like come up when your season closes for like the two week span in like the beginning of October in Minnesota I was like yeah that'd be lit and so we went up there and we shot some cranes and it was fun like it was it was rowdy and then next year we're gonna like really try to chase them i think they're gonna pick up some crane decoys yeah. and like because i mean what's the crane limit up there and that two uh, two a day two? yeah so like it's a three dollar tag which is ridiculous like <laughs> it's a three dollar tag and you can shoot two a day and then yeah like there's actually some big crane feeds like we passed like some four or five hundred crane feeds yeah like it gets it gets pretty rowdy but like they would just come into our goose spread like we weren't chasing we were chasing geese but they'd come in and we'd go shoot them up shoot a few of them and it was fun yeah i i was down in texas and i was filming a crane hunt and stuff and um dude it's so cool like yeah not my favorite thing in the world but like it's just something that like everyone needs to do yeah Oh, 100%. Yeah, I, uh, like, Jacob, who I had on yesterday, he's like, yeah, dude, you should come down. I was like, yeah, that'd be, like, fun. That'd be, uh, pretty insane. And then I'll be down in Texas in February because I'm going to hunt with the Cadillac guys for, like, a couple days. And they're like, yeah, like, if you wanted to shoot cranes, and I'm like, yeah, I kind of want to go chase some lessers because that'd be pretty insane. And so, like, they gave me the opportunity, but I was like, I really want to go, like, smash up some lessers because I've never done it. Yeah. They smash like the lessers. That's the thing. If you hunt with Cadillac, you're going to smash the lessers. <laughs> yeah. And that was, like, my thought process. I'm like, yeah, that'd be pretty pretty cool to do. Um, so, yeah, I'll be down there in February for, like, I think I'm going to hunt with them for, like, three days. And then, yeah, that should be a blast. And, like, I tell you what, bring your, bring your allergy medicine when you go down there. Yeah. It sucks. Like, that is the, because I was in West Texas last, last weekend. Okay. Like, the weekend before last. Yeah. And, like, I'm still, I still have, like, like, stuff in my sinuses. Like, it's crazy. It's, the amount of dust there is, since it's such a dry, it's really dry out there in West Texas. Yeah. The amount of dust there is stupid. Yeah. Like, you can really see it. Like going across the parking lot, the dust. <laughs> um, so, yeah, take your allergy medicine because it's gonna be a rough ride. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's what they were telling me. Like Toby and Jake, when I had them on, um, they're like, "Yeah, dude, the dust storms are insane. Like, some days it'll be blowing like 40 miles an hour. I'm like, oh my god, like that's crazy." Yeah. And they're like, "Yeah, these dust storms just absolutely cake up." 
And I'm like, oh, I can imagine. Like, mm-hmm. but it should be. Yeah, it's, it's definitely brutal. I definitely, like, if you live there, I'm sure you get used to it. Like, your body's going to get used to it. Like, yeah. Of but, like, if you're a visitor, like, oh, my gosh. It's, <laughs> it sucks. And it doesn't hit right away. Like, when you're there, I was fine. When I left after those three days, it, like, hit like a freight train. I could not breathe. Like, I was sniffing. Snot was running everywhere. I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, I can imagine. My allergies are not ideal either. Yeah, so like, that's, that's my thing. Like, I I already have, like, bad, like, hay and dust allergies. Yeah. So, it did not make it any better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. I hear you on that. Oh. You win, you win some and lose some in Texas, but you often win more than you lose. <laughs> yeah, that's the ideal scenario when you're going down there. Like, who would you go down with to hunt cranes with? I was with Muddy Water Outfitters. Okay. Got you. They're out of uh, Wichita Falls, and they run their crane operation and a lot of their lesser stuff in West Texas. Okay. Fair enough. How many days did you go out there with them? I was there three days. That's sweet. How much is the license for down there? It's not bad for... I think it was... Like, I paid for for five day out of state. I paid seventy some bucks. No kidding. Yeah. I, I gotta pick up my license here pretty soon because they're like, Toby texts me. And he's like, yeah, um, you might want to pick it up like now just in case they have like a lockdown again and like you can't buy anymore. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, fair enough. But yeah, 70, 70 bucks is cheap, dude. Like North Dakota's is like. 120 or like oh stupid North Dakota is so expensive oh my god yeah like and then you go to Minnesota and for an out of state license isn't it like my buddy was telling me he's like it's like 100 bucks for the entire season you can hunt yeah which is ridiculous I'm like you should just do that everywhere yeah well I was in Minnesota I was Minnesota's use is like a year older than everyone else and I was still a youth and I was like hey bet. <laughs> I'm only paying like 17 bucks don't mind it all. don't mind me I'm just gonna <laughs> toss yeah. out a quick 17 and we're gonna call her good yeah but, That's- uh, yeah um, Oklahoma's also another like expensive state I think theirs is for a full season $180 out of state and five day is $140. Oh, wow. It's like, dude, 140 bucks to hunt for five days. Yeah. You might, well, you might as well pay 180 Yeah, no kidding. Like, Stupid. somebody's got to make money, though. Yeah. <laughs> super, a super cheap state to hunt in Missouri, dude. Our out-of-state licenses here are so cheap. Really? Like, dirt cheap, yeah. Oh, fair enough, dude. Probably similar to Texas. I think it was like that price. Like... Like maybe like 50, 60, 70 bucks, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, because I was expecting Texas to be like like 170 for like too, five days. Me super expensive. Like, that's what I was kind of expecting it to be. And I was like, yeah, that'll be, uh, be a little hefty, but got to do what you got to do. Yeah. But, yeah, dude. I the, definitely want to go. I definitely want to go hunt lessers. That's my favorite thing to hunt is lessers. Yeah, I've never chased them, like, 
hard. Like we've shot them in the spread and everything, but like I've never like actually just been on a straight lesser hunt. Yeah, I've never been on a straight lesser hunt, but I've been on like hunts where it's like specs, snows, and lessers. Yeah. And the reason I love it so much is because I love like calling. Like calling is one of my favorite things in the world. Yeah. And blowing out lesser calls, another one of my favorite things in the world. And just getting to squeak at them like for three minutes straight and being on death and like your chilling just absolutely rushing yeah it's like so fun like i love it <laughs> yeah and like the cool thing they do down there for lessers too is like they're laying in the spread like I've oh never... yeah dude. that's what we were doing the other day here at home like we found a good lesser speck and snow feed yeah we just laid in we just laid in the tall socks and it was freaking it was dirty yeah the ones that did it did it dirty yeah oh i can imagine like we don't it's have that super up here fun because they're like all over you oh yeah I can imagine. They just land everywhere, and there's big wads of them. Yeah. 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 It should be. It should be a good time. I'm excited. Yeah, dude. Where are you? Are you flying down to Texas, or are you driving? Well, I'm probably gonna drive because I don't think I can rent a car down there because I'm not true. old enough. Yeah. That's dude. That's that was one of the things I ran into. Is so stupid. Like. I need to fly places, and I can't, like, rent a car or anything because, like, I'm not old enough to rent a car, I guess. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. It makes more sense to me. Yeah, I don't... If I can have a driver's license, why can I not rent a car? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, what's the big deal about renting a car if you're younger? Like, if you can drive, yeah. then what's the big deal? Like, I have my own car. Why can I not rent a car? Yeah, exactly. Like, it would be super... <laughs> Yeah, like it would be super ideal just to go down there, fly down there and rent a car because it would be a lot cheaper. Yeah. But like, and a lot more convenient because I don't have to put all those miles on my truck. Oh, yeah. But you got to do what you got to do, I guess. But it'll be nice. Like, I'll be able to drive down there. Be a cool kind of drive because I've never been to Texas and like, I've never drawn all the, drove all the way down there. The only farthest I've drove south is like Nebraska. Yeah. And so... It's a it's a long drive. You'll probably, I guess, you'll go down through Minnesota, maybe Iowa, through Missouri. Yep. I don't know. Let me know when you come, so we can maybe meet up when you're going to Missouri. Yeah, dude, I'd be so about it. Yeah, yeah. that'd be lit. Yeah, I'll who knows? Be... I might be, I might be down in Texas. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what enough. I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, dude. Because yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be whipping. It's like a 15 hour drive or something, 16 hour drive. Oh, yeah. It's long, that's for sure. I think our drive to North Dakota, to where we went, North Dakota was upwards of like 18 hours. Yeah. Oh, I believe it. Like, we... I went on a trip out to Montana. So, like, I'm used to, like, driving long because, like, usually wherever we go, I'm pulling a trailer of some sorts. And so, like, it's always, like, my stuff. So I'd rather just me drive the entire way than have somebody else. And then if they crash it or something, then... I have you to have to be pissed it. off at them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I might as well just drive everywhere. And like, when we were coming back from Montana, we like straight shot at it and like took a bunch of stops. And I mean, that was probably like, I don't know, probably 19 hours or something. Oh, yeah. Like, without the stops. And so, like, we were driving for like, I mean, all day and then all night. And mm-hmm. it was long, but 
made do with it what we had. Yeah, I think the drive when we went to North Dakota was like 18 hours, like legit driving time. Yeah. But after like scouting a little bit, like on the way there and all of our stops, it ended up being 24 hours. Oh like, yeah. We left, we left at nine o'clock and I think we got to our hotel that night like 8.30, yeah. 8.30 or nine. Yeah. The next day, like that, it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, brother. Hey, um, so we're running on edge of time here. So is there anything else that you wish we would have gone over today before we end things off here? Um, I don't think so. I just want to, I'll just talk about my, my Instagram and my yeah. partner's Instagram real quick and then we'll, we'll send her off. But, uh, yeah, my Instagram is we spirit underscore media. You can follow me there. And then my business partner's Instagram is real Andrew Bowie and then our media company that we're starting like we'll, we're gonna fully launch it like next year go full time with it is uh, True North Create so look up True North Create on Instagram we'll be posting a lot of cool content on there we got some good films coming out and it will be sweet we're excited for the future awesome brother it was great to have you on I had a blast it was awesome I was, I was stoked about this yeah dude this is a good one I'm excited. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I hope I'll, it helps some people. Oh yeah, dude. I I'm sure a lot of people learn a lot of things because this is this is a good one. But all right, brother, Thanks, I appreciate dude. it, and thank you once again. And yeah, dude, if I if I swing through Missouri, I'll hit you up. All right, sounds good. Appreciate all right. you. All right, brother. I'll talk to you later. All right, we'll see. Yeah. And that wraps things up today for episode 20 of Living the Guide Life. And I hope you guys learned a lot from Lewis. He's he's a really good dude, and we've been chatting for a while, and I really got to experience what he's all about on this podcast and you know how he grows himself, how he presents himself. And really good dude, really, um, really enjoyable to listen about how he's able to make it and make it his own and really how to become a small time media guy and really grow yourself from that and so i hope you guys learned a lot i hope you guys can use that and those new media people in the industry you know i hope you guys can really thrive off this so enjoy (laughs) 